You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. I, um, I'd really like to invite a new friend of mine up here. Janelle, are you ready? Do you know beautiful Janelle here? Um, while we were in Christchurch, um, a wonderful lady in, um, in Catherine and Gideon's church gave her testimony. Um, and I just so thoroughly enjoyed it. I love hearing testimonies. I love hearing stories of the goodness of God. And um, I was thinking about it only the night before you talked to me, earlier in that day. I'd been thinking, oh, I'd love to get Marla over here and have her testimony. And then I was thinking, who in our church could give their testimony? And there is so many of you. And after Janelle gives hers tonight, I want you to start practicing yours. But just... Only a few hours after I'd had that thought, Janelle wrote to me and she said, listen, Marla can't make it. She didn't even know I was thinking that. But, um, but I'd love to give my testimony. And so I really want to give her the opportunity tonight. So you're ready to hear this? Yeah. Awesome. Let's open her with welcome arms. Open her with welcome arms. Yes, you did. Open her with welcome arms. I get my words mixed up. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> I also get my words mixed up. And the other day, Chad Mansbridge became Mad Chansbridge. Um, so, yeah, hi, I'm Janelle I'm from Christchurch, New Zealand. I am married of nearly 10 years. I have two children who are five and seven. Um, and just before I share my testimony, I'm going to share a little thing that happened last Saturday night. Well, last Saturday. So I was at the conference, and something inside of me was just like, I think I need to go over to, to um, Victor Harbour. <laughs> Whoa. So I told a few people, and then um, <clears throat> I told Araha here, and um, she was like, yep, we'll do it, you know. And so I talked to my husband, and he's like, if God supernaturally provides the money, you can go. <laughs> like, okay, well, maybe I won't be going then. <laughs> But Aroha kept saying to me, we're going, we're going. Um, and then at the end of the night, I was telling someone about how I thought maybe I'd be going, but I wasn't sure, do you think I'll be going? It was one of my best friends, and she said, I clearly felt God speak to me during the week, telling me to give you $1,000. So God just provided for me to be here, and it's just been so amazing, and thank you. Cool. So now I'm going to share about my life. So I grew up... Um, in Christchurch in a non-believing family um, and I was a little bit different to the rest of my family. My family were quite, um, I don't know, they liked things to be pretty normal and pretty, you know, you, you kind of weren't wild or strong or free <laughs> um, and I was a little different to that so it was a little hard for me um, and my mum, I felt like she was quite controlling and didn't really accept who I was. Um, so... When I became a teenager, or probably even earlier, when I was about 12, I just decided, actually, I don't need them. I can do this on my own. Um, so I started down that road of doing my life on my own um, without really anyone. I was, I was just, it was me, and I knew what was best for me, but really, I didn't at all. So when I was about 14, I started getting into alcohol, drugs, really unhealthy relationships with guys smoking cigarettes, you name it, I was doing it. Um, on my 15th birthday, I got a tattoo. I asked my mum, can I get a tattoo? And she said no. I was like, well, I've saved up some money from my job at the fish and chip shop. <laughs> so, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I went and got a tattoo. And I've, I was thinking about it today and I was thinking lots of the things I was doing I was actually doing first among all my friends and I was actually leading them, but I wasn't leading them in a good direction. Um, and when I was 17, I moved out of home with my boyfriend. We lived together for a year and a half. Um, it was a really dysfunctional relationship, lots of arguing. My parents had argued a lot, so I kind of learned how to do it. I'm re reasonably good at it. <laughs> I'm learning how not to be good at it. Um, but yeah, so we had this relationship for a year and a half and... Then that broke up, and the only real way I knew how to deal with that pain was to, to just immerse myself in more alcohol. I was drinking by myself, I was drinking and driving by myself, I was doing lots of drugs, and then only after about three weeks, I started going out with another guy, and one drunken night, he asked me to marry him, and I said yes. We'd been together for two weeks, 
Um, and so that was my life. I really, if I say I'm going to do something, I really like to do it. So I was like, well, I've said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, so that, we started preparing for that, for marriage, had a big engagement party, and we decided to move to Australia to save up money for our wedding. Just before that, I'd met a lady who was a Christian, and she started talking to me about Jesus. And I just, there was just something in it. I just knew there was something real about what she was saying. But I just, I was like, I don't want to go to a church and be a geek and live by all these rules and be really boring. That's not what I want. So I decided, no, that wasn't for me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, Tony and I moved to Australia and on my 20th birthday, I woke up and I had a black eye because he'd hit me in the face the night before. The place we were staying was totally smashed up. He'd smashed it up in a fit of rage. And I was just started to think, is this what I want my life to be like? And it wasn't. And I broke up with him, and he came back to New Zealand. And the day after he left, I found out I was pregnant. And I was just like, and I also lost my job at the same time. And I was just like, I can't do this. And I ended up um, terminating the baby, who would now be 17 years old. Um, and God's really healed me of that. Um, but I guess that just led me just into more and more drinking and just living a wild life because it was, there was just so much pain that I was hiding from. Um, I met a guy on a train who asked me to move down to the Gold Coast. <laughs> I'd only known him a day. <laughs> it got quicker. It was th- two weeks. And now it was a day. Um, so I was kind of always a little bit wild. Not really strong and not definitely not free. <laughs> um, so I booked my bus ticket and decided to go and move down with him and I'd call him and he just wasn't answering my calls. So I moved down to the Gold Coast um, <clears throat> by myself and, yeah, just kept living the same way. But one night I went out onto the town and I went home with a, a group of guys and they treated me really badly and the next morning they dumped me off on the side of the road. And I was sitting outside after I got home, just feeling, I was really hungover, I was just feeling absolutely terrible, like just so down, and I just felt God's love all around me. And that was the moment when I started to feel hope. I thought, my life doesn't have to be like this. There is hope. Something can change. And in Marcus's songs, he says, patiently you will me, woo me, so I will make it easy on you. I didn't do that. Patiently, he was wooing me, but I didn't make it easy. It took me quite a long time after that till I actually decided I'm going to give my whole life. I knew it just wasn't, okay, I'm just going to start going to church and live my life half like this, half like that. I knew it was everything. It was my whole life. So finally, I found a church. I walked in one night by myself feeling disgusting, feeling horrible, and I went in there and I met Jesus and he radically changed my life. Like, instantly I was set free from drinking, from drugs, from just having a different guy every weekend, from swearing. I had the filthiest mouth. And one day I said to God, okay, I don't want to swear anymore. Take it away from me. And it was gone. I just stopped swearing like that. So there was just amazing things God did for me. And um, I stayed on the Gold Coast for two years. And then I actually had bulimia. So I'd had that for seven years. And my stomach muscle no longer worked, so I'd eat and my food would come back up. So I had to go back to New Zealand to have an operation um, to fix that. And when I went back, I really just felt God just calling me to just repair all those relationships that I'd broken. I'd stolen off people, I'd just treated people really badly, and God just did a whole lot of healing and a whole lot of relationships for me then. Um, and I got involved in another church there, which was, it was awesome, but, yeah, I just, I just really want to share this part, I'm, (laughs) I'm getting to the end, but, like, I really just wanted to serve God with everything, and I hadn't experienced the things of the Holy Spirit, and we started to experience that, I started to see healings, and deliverance, and salvations, and awesome things happen, but there was a really rocky foundation, it wasn't on a foundation of grace, and, I just became really legalistic, and it all ended up falling apart. Um, and not long after that, um, so I came out of ministry, because I was doing ministry for four years with, in young adults, came out of that, and then my husband and I, I was married at this point, um, he started, he found some Rob Rufus stuff. Um, so, yeah, and he started listening to that, and it just really started changing things for us. And he really lost my husband. He lost his vision. He lost, he just thought, I, he, want, he wanted to do so many things for God, and he just lost it. 
um, because of this foundation. And God just came along um, just through this teaching that we found um, through you guys <laughs> um, and gave us such a great foundation. And um, three years ago, sorry, my mouth's really dry, um, we started going to Harmony Church and it's just been so amazing. Like, it's just been so good, like, actually being in the community of people that are real, that deal with stuff, that work through issues, that aren't controlling in church. Like, it's just been so amazing. And I am just so excited about my future. Like, I'm actually, my life just keeps getting better and better and better. Like, I'm so excited about what God has for me. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, I just know for all of us, like, we've started, this, we've started this journey of becoming wild, strong and free this weekend. And it's just the beginning. Like, there's so much more. There's so much more for us. And God's just, yeah, we're just going to journey with him. And he's just going to take us into greater, greater places. So thank you all. Um, yeah. So good. Wow. Wow, Elidis. It's just so crazy how God just knows. Like, he puts it on someone's heart to give Janelle money. Then he puts it on Janelle's heart to come to New Zealand. And that, or to come to Australia, sorry. Then she comes here where Kylie is, and it all just sort of connects. God's like, I know. And it happens. It's been such a great weekend, eh, ladies? Can we all just agree? God is just so great. Um, so just as part of the weekend, as we're on the last night, we just want to take up an offering. Um, as you guys know, um, the registration has gone to the running of this event um, and to getting our speakers here. But we just want to bless and invest. Um, they've taken time away from their churches, their ministries, their families to come and bless us. So we just want to take a moment give back to them. Um, so we've got buckets we're going to pass. Also, if you need to use debit or credit, we've got these little envelopes in the back of your seats. Um, so yeah, guys, just grab the bucket. It should be at the end of your row and just pass it. God, we just, we thank you so much for this, um, for the conference, Lord. God, for just everything you've birthed in everyone's hearts, Lord, for the willingness of um, our speakers and everyone involved just to come and say, yes, Lord, we're going to make it happen. So God, we just pray um, blessing over this giving, Lord. We just pray that you bless and you invest and you multiply in these women, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So we have one last speaker, ladies. Mylene's going to come back and share with us again. Oh. So I've seen a couple things that she's posted on Facebook. She was, like, posting on the thing, and Jay already said this word, but I just, like, was listening to her stuff, and I thought, wow, firecracker. Mylene is a firecracker. Um, and she was sharing a bit earlier um, just about her journey, how she started in a church of um, 100 and how it grew to 3,000 and how now... Um, they're being prepared to take over a bigger church. Um, and she's, she's just such an honoring person. And I just, I just love having you here and hearing that story because she's been so real with us and so vulnerable. Like, guys, I was scared. Guys, I didn't know that I could do it. I wanted to say no. I wanted to hide, right? But God said, Mylene, do it. And she just said yes. And I think that, yeah, we can all just take something from that. I know I did. Um, I think often we have this habit of thinking, you know, we have to be someone spectacular or special. Not that I'm saying that you're not. <laughs> but, um, you know, to, to do the Lord's work. Um, and we can be meek. We can be quiet. We can want to sit in the back. And God can still say, come on. And we can still say yes. So, Mylene, come share with us. We're so excited. I actually can talk like this, you know, without the mic, but it's all good.
How are you all tonight? It's been a great day. I just thoroughly enjoyed myself just receiving from God today. And Janelle, your testimony is amazing. And I just believe God is just going to use you in ways you have never even thought of. You know, and see, God's not after our ability necessarily, but he's after our availability. All we have to do is be available for God, you know, and to just say yes. You know, I believe that everyone in this place has been given gifts and callings and abilities. And, and it's just up to you to say yes to God. And I believe that this is a launching pad. This conference is a launching pad to where God wants you to go. Amen. And, um, you know, uh, Lay is here with me and MJ is here with me. And they, they just really bless my heart traveling with me. I was going to travel alone, seriously. I was. I mean, you know, I was like, yes, I'm, I'm going to go. And uh, when they found out I was going to go, they were like, oh, we're going to go with you. I'm like, okay. So, you know, seriously, they paid their own way. They invested in this, you know, paid the conference, everything. And uh, I'm just so very glad they're, they're here with me right now. And I just do honor both of you and uh, what, what the strength that you've been to me during this trip, you know. See, it's just so amazing to have people surround you, to have people to uplift you. Because, you know, people can look at us and say, oh, they're, they're so strong, they're so wild, they're so free, and we, we are all that. Oh, yeah. huh? Yes, we are all that. Yeah. But then again, there are times when we need people to lift us up and to pray over us and all that. And so you are with a community of believers, you know, who will, when you go through your seasons, see you through your seasons with God. Amen? So are you ready for the word tonight? I have this word that's brewing in my heart. And I believe that it's just going to end this conference with a challenge for all of you that you are going to say yes to, I believe, and that you are going to respond to with all of your heart. And, uh, you know, uh, this afternoon, Rachel, oh, I'm so glad I met her. Rachel said something so powerful that she saw in the spirit as she came in. And she said that she saw like bridles being removed from horses' mouths. And it was a picture of bridles being removed from our mouths so that our mouths could be used for the glory of God. And, uh, and I remembered a verse that I had said in the conference in New Zealand. And it's in Psalm 68, verse 11 in the New Living Translation. Psalm 68, verse 11 in the New Living Translation says, The Lord gives the word... And a great army brings the good news. A great army brings the good news. And I'm like, wow, that's such a great word. And then I looked it up in the NIV. Let's see it in the NIV right now. The Lord announces the word and... Oh, is that NIV? Are you serious? It's different here. I was like, I'm like, no, they're saying the wrong thing. <laughs> I think it's the NIV. Okay, okay, but in this translation, it says, the Lord announces the word, and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. I was like, it didn't say the men, sorry men, but it, didn't, it really didn't say that. ESV, not NIV, ESV. Do we have the ESV? Oh, but anyway, you don't have to put it up there, but it says, the Lord announces the word and the women, the women, the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is why bridles are going to be removed from our mouths. Because we are to proclaim this good news. Woo! I just got so excited for you all. And for me too. <laughs> you know? And so God is calling out mighty women who will go and proclaim the good news of the word to the nations. Eh? Where? The nations. Did, did I just say nations? Did I just say nations? 
You might be saying, oh, but I'm just from a small little place called Victor Harbor. But hello, God has great plans for you. Oh, I'm just a little small place in the province or in the country and I don't know how God's going to use me. But no, no, your bridles are being removed for something great. And let me tell you something. Your nation might be your neighbor. Your nation might just be your immediate family. But when you are faithful with what you have right now, where you are right now, God is going to entrust you with more. So you get ready for the nations because I thought, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it here in my small little world, in my small little town, and I'm here right now, and I'm like, oh God, I don't know how I got here, but I'm loving it. I'm seriously loving it. I mean, I stepped out scared. I did. But you know what? Just do it scared. Just do it scared. It's okay to be scared. Why? Because that's when you hold on to God. That's when you say, okay, God, I need you here. And his grace just comes in. And his grace just moves you. Amen? So God is calling us out. But see, the world wants to tame us. The world wants to restrict us. The world wants us to conform to its values, its belief systems. You know, you see billboards everywhere about how we're supposed to look like, how, how we're supposed to dress. I mean, it tries to control us. So the world is trying to give us a picture of who we should be, but we need the word to tell us who we are and how God sees us. Amen. The world wants to tether us to the normal and the comfortable and the predictable. But we were born to fly. We were born to do things that are impossible to man, but, but impossible with man, but possible with God. We were born to do that. So the word of God doesn't want us conformed to this world. He doesn't want us tamed. He wants us wild. He wants us strong and he wants us free. Now, it's so cool because you started giving us like, you know, the definition of free and wild and strong. And Catherine started giving definitions of strong. And I said, I'm going to give some definitions too. I seriously, I mean, I was like, and they were saying, oh, maybe, no, they're saying it differently. I love how all these perspectives come in. So you want to, you, you want to see the definitions that I found? All right. All right. Wild, wild, not subject to restraint or regulation. It means going beyond normal or conventional bounds. Going beyond normal or conventional bounds. Wild means, wild indicates strong passion, desire, and emotion. I'm feeling this. Thinking that's so good. Now, that's wild. Now, strong, strong. Strong means not easily broken or damaged. It means not easily injured or disturbed. It means not easily subdued or taken. You see all these words, they're like these, they're restricting words. But we're not that, that's what it's saying. And then free. Free means not physically held on by something. Not bound, not confined, not detained, not hampered, not restricted. All these words are so... But God wants us free. And the word that resonated within my heart, you know, Jay was saying, there's these three words that, you know, keep going on my spirit. It is unrestrained, unbreakable, untamed. So, so girls, what are the words that kind of like speak to you the loudest? I said, untamed. And I said, "Uh uh-oh. I like, because it was just like, so I looked it up. I said, what does untamed mean? Why did it all of a sudden? I just, I didn't even think, Jay. I was like, oh, untamed, that's, my, that's mine. And I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> so I looked it up and, you know, it was like in the dictionary, not strong concordance, but dictionary. And I looked it up and it didn't have the word untamed necessarily. It had the word tame. So I said, okay, let's just look at tame and let's see what, what that is. And it said, not exciting or interesting. <laughs> to be tame means lacking spirit, zest, interest, or the capacity to excite. I said, ooh, that's, 
means to bring under control, to restrain or inhibit. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm untamed. I'm untamed. I mean, when I, should I tell this story? Anyway, all right. My husband, if you meet my husband, and you will get to meet my husband in Jesus' name, because I want him to come here, and I want him to come to New Zealand, and I want him to experience everything I've ever experienced here. So when I, so when I married, my, when my husband and I were going out, and we decided to get married, all right, so we got engaged and all that, some of my friends came up to me and said, are you sure about this? You know, because you're this, you're this all over the place, and he's so... Not, not tame, but, uh, you know, he's just so chill, you know, he's just, you know, he's like, I don't know how you'll ever get along. They all came to me, they were trying, are you sure, you better, you better think about this, you know, but you know what, I knew, I, I mean, there was something in me, I wasn't so spiritual at that time, but I said, no, I want him, so I get him. I was that stubborn, you know, and God knew. He was like, I'm going to use her stubbornness, you know, just to get, you know, but whatever it is, we end up together. So, so I'm telling this story, right? Because I, I told this story, like, to the congregation or whoever I told this story to. And I asked him, hey, honey, did anybody ever come to you and say, it's not going to work? He said, no. <laughs> oh, they thought I was a good catch for you, huh? <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, he, he knew what he was getting into, I think, I think, because we've been married 21 years. Yeah, so it's all good. It's all good. So, God, God doesn't want us tamed. He wants us untamed, unbreakable, and unrestrained. He wants us in over our heads, ooh, where there's nothing we can do but trust God. It is this place of absolute surrender to him where we can actually say that we are wild and strong and free. Now, it's, it's just so cool. And this happened in New Zealand. I said, you know, I was going, like, what I was going to speak on. And, you know, we, we, like, we saw a video of horses galloping through the earth, right? The earth. Horses gallop through the earth. And then Ellie was singing this prophetic song about going further with God. Right? Further. And I went, wow, that's how it is. Galloping across the earth, going further with God. And then, and then we heard about flying in the sky. Eagles soaring. And then Ellie was singing, we go higher with God. Higher with God. And today, I want to talk to you about water. Because it's now time to swim in the river of God. And Ellie sang, let's go deeper with God. I thought that was so cool. I said, oh my goodness, God, you know. So we're going to go further. We're going to go higher but we're also going to go deeper with God. Are you ready? Are you ready? So we need to let go and let God so we can go further and we can go higher and we can go deeper. Now, I like to compare letting go with swimming. Anybody here who does not swim? Okay. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anybody here who swims? All right. Are you all good swimmers? But I like to compare letting go with a process of learning to swim. The process of learning. Well, we can dog paddle. That's fine. You know, uh, learning. It can be, see, swimming, learning to swim, it can be both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. Because it's an element, you know, you're not really comfortable with. Right? It's an element where, you know, you, you, like if you get underwater, you won't be able to breathe. So learning how to swim is both exhilarating, whoa, but it's terrifying at the same time. And in order to swim, you must learn to float. You must learn how to allow the water to hold you up. Am I right? So I see this as a reflection of a spiritual transition from the natural rule to the rule of the Holy Spirit. And as I was like thinking about swimming, just so very spiritually, I said, well, I could swim in a pool. But see, a pool, a pool is very restricting. I could get refreshed, but I could also determine, I could determine how far I want to go, how deep I want to go, and how often I want to go. So the pool would be kind of like a comfort zone. But God said, well, no, I want them to swim in a river. And a river is a totally different thing. A river or an ocean is very dynamic. 
The river is ever changing. You know, the tide, it ebbs, it flows, the currents change, the depths are erratic in the ocean and the river. It's not like the pool that's safe, you know. I know where to go. I don't want to get out. No. But the river is very unpredictable, you know. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will go wherever it wishes to go. And the moves of the Spirit are sometimes quiet and wonderful. And sometimes it's strong like a rushing mighty wind. And we have to flow with the Spirit of God if we are going to go to our destiny and our purpose. Do you agree with me? And if we are to yield and submit to God, then we must learn to let go and let God. See, I talked last night about seasons because really we are a people in transition. We are always transitioning. I was talking to Leanne and we started talking about our children and, you know, how they were little babies and all of a sudden, you know, they're strong men and women of God and now they're not in the home anymore. And I go, wow, transition times in our life, you know, where we learn to adjust, where we learn to settle, where we learn to let go. So we are a people in transition and change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. I heard somebody say the only permanent thing in this world is change. Now that, that's about it. You, you, you can be sure change is going to happen. And during these times of transition, there is, a, there is like um, an up, upheaval of situations and sometimes finances and relationships. You know, there's an upheaval. You know, there's some things that are being like shaken during times of transition. And it is in these times of transition where we will actually determine who we are and who's really in control of our life. So it's so important, these times of transition. So being in control of your life because you want to play it safe actually limits your potential. Because I, I don't know about you, but um, there are some people that I know that they want everything like, in control. They want to be in control of everything. But see, you can't be in control of everything. No matter how hard you try. Right, Catherine? No matter how hard you try, you can't, you, you can't do it. Because there will be some things that will be really out of your control. And we have to trust God with it. So we must exchange our control and contact with the ocean floor, with the pool floor, and flow with the river of God. I believe that God is waking up our appetite for adventure. He's waking up our appetite for the unpredictable and the unexpected. Hello. He wants to free you from bondage so you can turn total control over to him. And he wants you to jump in a river that is way above your head. So are you ready for this? So I want to talk to you in Ezekiel 47 about the river of God's glory proceeding from his throne. See, Ezekiel had a vision from God. And in this vision, in Ezekiel 47, verse 1 to 2, he talks about this man of bronze, and he says, He brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from right under the right side of the temple, south of the altar, He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out of the right side. All right. So Ezekiel sees this vision of the river of God and this man of bronze measures at intervals a thousand cubits each. So he measures the river at intervals, and what he does is he leads Ezekiel out into the water so that he can experience the depth of the river at a particular distance from the shore. So he measures from the shore, 1,000 cubits. So let's continue reading in verse 3. It says, and when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. So after a thousand cubits, it was up to his ankles. Now, in in this water, this is still shallow. You're kind of half on land and half on water, right? Come on. I mean, you can walk around free. You can splash around. You can do what you want. You're safe. And guess what? If you stay there, it's safe because you can always go back to shore. It's easy. It's easy in in shallow water. You're still in water, but you're still on land. You can feel its coolness. You can be refreshed, but you can come and go as you please. 
So that's a good thing, all right. But then the man doesn't stop there. And he counts another thousand cubits. And in verse 4, he says, again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And the water came up to my knees. Oh, now here we go. Knee-deep water. Kind of begin to slow your progress down while walking, but that's okay. And depending on the strength of the current, you might go, ooh, oh, that's a strong current. But you can still hold your ground, am I right? And so knee-deep water, obviously, will have more influence on you than ankle-deep water. All right? And if you try to move swiftly through it, you might slip and fall, but you can go back up again easily and say, that's enough, I don't want to get wet anymore. You can still do that, right? Now... The man doesn't stop there. He brings Ezekiel out further, another thousand cubits. And in verse, and the next verse, he says, Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Now, waist deep <laughs> is another story because you are half in and half out of the water. And your progress is much more laborious because, you know, now you can feel the pressure of the water. And sometimes, at this level, especially in an ocean, you can't see the ocean floor anymore. But you can still feel it. But it's a little bit uncomfortable because it is more comfortable to see something you cannot feel than to feel something you cannot see. Sometimes it is more comfortable to see something you cannot feel than to feel something you cannot see. And so what happens, you can't see, but you can't feel. So you don't want, you don't want to let go. You, you, you know, you're just like, okay, I, I feel it. I don't see it, but I still feel it. So I'm just going to stay here, right? So the waters have a lot of influence on your progress right now. Because depending on the current, you can get carried away. Now, waist-deep water is usually easier to swim in than to walk in. But because the bottom is no longer visible... You don't want to give up your contact with it. You don't want to let go. And you can still go back. But the man doesn't stop there. And Ezekiel 47, verse 5 to 6, it says, Again, he measured 1,000. Here we go. And it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. So now you don't have a choice. You must swim in this river, a river that could not be crossed. You know, Jay, at the prophetic time this afternoon, had a vision of a bird. And God asked you, do I, do I have your feet? And, and you said, yes, God. And so what he did was that he carried you and you were like off the ground. And I, all of a sudden, I, I was reading this this afternoon, just going through my notes. And when I went into this part where it's a river that you only must swim, I heard the Lord again say, do I have your feet? Because now, you kind of have to let go. Your feet can't touch bottom anymore. Wow. It can't touch bottom anymore. You have to swim this. You have now to trust this river will keep you afloat and will carry you to the places that it's going to go. So I said, wow, even in flying, he's got my feet. In swimming, he's got my feet. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Now, it's so amazing to me that he brings Ezekiel back. That means, I want you to think about it. <laughs> Do you want to go? What God was doing was that he was showing every possibility in every phase and every season that Ezekiel would go through. And so Ezekiel, if he was to go into this river that could only be swum in, he was going to be totally surrounded by an element that he could not walk in or breathe. It was an element where he needed to be totally dependent on God to survive. He was propelled by its fast-moving, powerful currents. And you have no influence on this type of a river, but this river will influence you. And Ezekiel described this as deep enough for swimming, but impossible to cross. That means if you fight against the current, at best, you would be exhausted if you fought against this current. And the best chance is to yield to the river 
and travel where it leads you. Now you see this picture. Now this is my question. You might be asking, but where is this river going to take me? If I'm to let go and let God, where is this river going to take me? And sometimes we don't want to let go because we're afraid of the unknown. We are afraid of the unpredictable. We are afraid of the unexpected, and so we hold on. Sometimes like this. Yes, God, but plan B. We want plan B. By nature, we are like that. We are afraid. I mean, I, I love the quotes that Catherine was putting up on the board, that the only freedom is freedom from fear. Why? Because fear is going to paralyze you. Fear is the weapon of an enemy, and the spirit of fear wants to intimidate you. And whenever fear is striking... Listen to this. Wherever fear is striking you, the enemy wants to stop you. The enemy wants to paralyze you. The enemy wants to intimidate you and cripple you. So you will not step into your God-given destiny and future. And when fear comes in, wherever fear comes in, it always has something to do with your assignment. When fear comes into an area, it has something to do with what God wants you to do. And fear will always come to that place... That place in your life which God wants to turn because you feel it is your greatest weakness. And the enemy will try to come into that area and intimidate you and give you fear in the very area where God wants to shine in. So we need to recognize, see the devil is dumb because he's a defeated foe. He uses fear to intimidate, but if we realize what he wants to achieve, then we can go, ha ha, I gotcha. Because when fear comes, you can say this, wait, why is fear in this area? And you will realize because it's an area of your weakness. But see, the strength of God is made perfect in weakness. The glory of God shines through in your weakness. And so instead of letting fear intimidate you, let God's strength come in and turn that fear around so you can move forward and pass the fear that is crippling you. Amen. So God wants us to flow with this river. The place when fear comes in is the place where God wants to use you, to launch you into your destiny. And the devil wants us to back off, but we are not backing off. In Hebrews 10, 37 to 39. You know, if I had every penny for every story I had of people who did not walk in their call because of fear, I would probably be a rich woman right now. And I am so mad and I am so angry that the devil has blinded his women, the women, not his women, but God's women, from getting into their full potential. I was listening to Janelle's testimony, and I'm saying, man, the devil had some great plans for this woman. But I'm so glad that God's love was greater than any plan of the enemy. And God's love wooed her into the kingdom. And I love what she said because it struck me that she said, you know, this is how I am. I just like, when I put my mind to it, I just do it. I just do it. You know, like, you know, like you were so good at sinning. You just did it, right? I mean, hello, you sinners, you sin, right? But see, I, I heard that and I said, man, that's why the enemy wanted her. Because of that kind of strength and personality. Why? Because you can be used for the kingdom of God in such a mighty way that you can go, you know, I don't care. I'm doing this. What I set my mind to, I'm going to do it. Can you imagine what you can do for the kingdom of God? The, the enemy is afraid. I mean, oh my goodness. When he lost you, he was like, yikes. Because seriously, that's what apostles do. That's what apostles do. Apostles pave the way. Apostles break barriers. Apostles are not afraid of anything. They're not. They break through things. They make a path for people to follow. That's an apostolic call where it's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Come on, Ellie. Am I getting better or what? Exactly. So, so. I'm like, my goodness. So whatever fear and whatever area fear is trying to come in, recognize that area and say, hey, 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 I think God wants to use me here. And you say, perfect love casts out all fear. And I am going to swim 
in the river of God. So we are not of those who draw back. In Hebrews 10, 37 to 39, I'm not done with Ezekiel. There's much more, but I want to put this in. In Hebrews 10, 37 to 39, it, yes, it says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not going to be ones to draw back from something that God has prepared for us from before the foundation of the world. We are not to be intimidated by fear because there are things that have been prepared for us to walk in. I was talking about this afternoon about our move from, from the church that we pastored for 13 years. And God said, you're done here. Your season is up. Your season is over. And I'm like, God, but I, you know, there's just so many things that I saw us doing. I saw this church doing. There's so many great things. And yes, that's all going to happen, but it's not going to happen under you. You are not to be the lid to the generation that's coming after you. I have another assignment for you. And uh, I realized, because I didn't want to leave, and I realized I was afraid to leave my comfort zone. That wonderful church had become a pool. It was a pool. I was familiar with it. I was comfortable with the people. They loved me. They loved my husband. You know, it was like, yay. You know, it was like, yes, you know, it was like everybody when you go there, it's like this big family, and oh, I didn't want to leave that for something unknown and unpredictable. And I love my senior pastor, so, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, but it was something so much bigger than we have ever dreamed. We didn't even dream of it. It was just something bigger, all right? Just like, ah. Because for me, pastoring the fort, if I would pastor the fort all my life, I would be the happiest person on earth. But God said, no, your assignment is over here. Other people are going to bring it higher. And I realized that that was my comfort zone. That the river was already up to my ankles. And God was saying, no, thousand cubits, come on, walk it. Another thousand cubits, come on, walk it. And I find myself swimming again in waters, in waters, and I'm in over my head. But that is where you realize that the grace of God is so wonderful and so great. And that he lifts you up and that he empowers you and equips you for what he has called you to do. And you will never know that until you come to that point where it's a river that you must swim in. So the fort became my comfort zone. It became the boat I didn't want to get out of. Remember Peter? Peter in the storm, all the disciples. And he said, Lord, if it is you, ask me to come to you on the water. Tell me to walk on water. Jesus said, come. And Peter walked on water. The other disciples stayed in the boat. And you know what? That boat was comfortable for them. They didn't want to let it go. But Peter, he walked on water and did something no one else ever could say. He walked on the water with Jesus. And you know what? The ultimate reason we want to get out into the water and into the river is because that is where Jesus is. I just want to be where Jesus is. If Jesus is not in that season anymore, I don't want to even be there. Moses said, if, you're, if your presence is not going to go with us, we're staying. We're staying. If you're not going to go out with us, I don't want to go anywhere without you, God. And so the ultimate reason we are going to dive and plunge into the river is because that is where Jesus is. And the river of God will surround us, uphold us, carry us, transport us, and at times it will overwhelm us. But let me show you where this river leads. Ezekiel 47 verse 9. And it says here... Oh, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. Wherever this river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. I realize, well, is this the river that I'm going to be on and wherever this river goes, healing happens. Wherever this river goes, 
There's life. People thrive. And I'm like, oh, this river is not so bad at all. And then Ezekiel 47 verse 12 says, Along the bank of the river, the same river, on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. The water flows straight from God. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And I realize it is a river of life that brings life wherever it goes. And God wants to show us that if you will just get into the river with me, I will use you to bring life and healing and wholeness to anything and everyone you touch. I will use your gifts I will use your talents. I will use your abilities. That which I gave you to be able to touch nations. Nations. God wants us to see what can happen if we release ourselves to him. That wherever he takes us, in any and every season, there is life. And he wants us to use a wild, strong, and free army of women that will bring healing to the nations. He wants us to go into places we've never gone to before. He wants us to speak words we've never spoken before. He wants us to see things we've never seen before. He wants us to hear things from heaven we've never heard before. But to do that, we must let go and let God. And he has our feet. And he wants us to float in his river and allow him to lead us into our purpose and our destiny. He wants us to let go and let him do it. Let me tell you something. I don't want to be a spectator in the plan of God. I don't want to watch from the sidelines. Oh, oh, great job. Good on you. I want to be a participator. I want to be right there where the action is. I want to be, come on, come on, come on, God. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I'm like, it's so much more exciting than to be on the bench watching. It's so much, me, it's so much more exciting to be where the action is. But you know what? I realized... It will cost you. It will cost you. But the thing is, we have to decide which cost we are willing to pay. Is it the cost of regret or the cost of obedience? The cost of regret or the cost of obedience? Because there is a cost. Which one are you willing to pay? I do not want to look back at my life and say... I wish, oh, I wish I'd done that. Oh, that was so good, but no, I don't want that kind of cost because the cost of obedience is nothing compared to the cost that he paid for me. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame. I'm looking, I'm like, what's the cost? I'm, I, I'll be uncomfortable in a little bit, like two weeks. I'm not seeing my kids. I'll see them on Tuesday. Wow! You know? And I'm thinking, what is that compared to what is going to be revealed? And God showed me this verse this afternoon in Romans 8, 18 in the Passion Translation. It was only this afternoon, so I don't, I don't know if it's there unless they can pick it up. But in Romans 8, 18 in the Passion Translation, it says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that will soon be unveiled within us. It's nothing compared. What's a little discomfort? What's a little sacrifice compared to what is going to be revealed? It says here, nothing compared to the magnitude of glory. And I, I looked up that word glory, and it means the radiant beauty, splendor, and perfection. My goodness, I said, what price am I willing to pay? He prayed the ultimate price. He did that. He did that. So whatever it is that we do is nothing compared to what he did. In fact, it just empowers us to set aside the things of this earth 
and to set our focus on him. So we are made to walk in the unlimited, the unrestricted, the unexpected. I I said this before and I'll say this again. Don't rob the world of your gift. Because your gift is not for you. Your gift is for those around you. I love what Catherine said, that favor is not for privilege. Favor is for purpose. And I realized this. The anointing is the same way. We cry out, anointing, I want anointing, anointing. God says, okay, for what? I don't know, I just want it. You know, seems good, like anointing. Woo, I'm anointed. <laughs> but the anointing is to break yokes. The anointing is to lift burdens. So if we are going to cry out for the anointing, it's because we are going to swim in a river that is impossible to cross. And that we can only float because the very breath of God is in our lungs. That is what the anointing is for. So don't rob the world of your gift. The world needs you. The world needs us, women. The world needs us, women, to take our place in the body of Christ. But he needs us totally surrendered to him. Amen? So where do you want to be in the river of God? Because the river's course is set by the Spirit. It is not set by our agenda. It is set by the Spirit of God. It will take us to places we've never been in a manner we are unaccustomed to. But that's okay. Because we are wild. We are strong. We are free. Amen? This verse came to me, and I'll end with this verse. In Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the Message Bible. Oh. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 in the Message Bible. It says here, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burnt out on religion? Then he said, come to me. Some of you are just tired of being tired. Some of you are just tired of being restricted, of being tethered. Some of you are just tired of being normal. You're not meant to be normal. I'm sorry. We're women. We're not not meant to be normal at all. And maybe you're tired. Maybe you're worn out. Worn out from what? A cycle of life that's like a flat line. No, I want spikes. I want Kairos moments. I want encounters with God. I want my world shaken up. Oh my gosh, that's such a dangerous prayer. But yes. I want my world to be shaken. Because I want to be where the action is. So it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I don't like religion. I want relationship. And relationship is active. Relationship is organic. Relationship is like, whoa, an adventure with God. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Are you ready for something new and exciting? Are you ready to step out into the river? Are you ready to step into a line and not turn back at all? I'm often running and I'm never turning back. Oh, God. I'm saying words and, and, God, is, and God is like, really, huh? Really, huh? Really? It's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. You have no idea what this conference did to me. are you tired are you worn out are you burnt out on religion he says come to me you know I used to read it like this are you tired are you worn out burnt out on religion come to me get away with I realize that he's probably saying come to me you're tired you're worn out Jesus is saying come on come to me get away with me it's like that song let him kiss me I was like oh Wooing me, you know, and he says, come on, get away with me and you will recover your life. And then he says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And I realize even if I'm floating in a river I cannot cross, I'm with him. I'm going to watch how he does it. He says, walk with me, work with me. 
Fly with me. Swim with me. Go higher with me. Go further with me. Go deeper with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, oh, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There are rhythms of grace, ebbs and flows, tides going in, a tide coming out. It's unforced. The rhythms are unforced, and he wants us to flow with it. And he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. So I challenge you today. I challenge you today to step out of the water. Some of you are still on the shore. I challenge you to step out. Some of you might be ankle deep. Get out, go knee deep. Some of you are knee deep. Get out, go waist deep. But some of you are ready to swim. Some of you are ready to flow with God. Some of you are ready to do the unexpected, do the unpredictable, do the exciting. Look at Jay and Catherine. I think with this conference, they just stepped out on water that you couldn't walk in. You could only swim. Come on now. Come on. But look where your yes took you. Look at all these women right now whose eyes have been opened to see who they are, whose eyes have been opened to see what they can do in Christ. Look at what your obedience has done. Look at what it has done to me. You've ruined me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, my husband's going to go, what happened to you? (laughs) But look at this women, the women in New Zealand. And I hear the chains falling off, rattling off the ground. And we're kicking them off. And we're never going to be enslaved by that again. As our eyes have been opened to see the splendor, the beauty, the majesty, the glory that is waiting to be revealed, that is waiting to be unveiled within us. So I call you out, women, you wild, strong, and free women, you untamed, unrestricted, unbreakable women of God. You are an army of God, and you are to proclaim the word of God. You are going to proclaim it strong, and you're going to proclaim it with boldness, and you are going to proclaim it with confidence, and the devil can't stop you anymore because you're not ever going to believe his lies anymore. You're not ever going to be tethered by those lies You're not ever ever going to be tethered by the strongholds in your mind, but you're going to be set free today. You are set free today. You are set free to do what God has called you to do. What is your name? Yes, you. I'm sorry. Cherry? Joe. Did I just meet you outside? I did meet you this morning. Yeah, I was, uh, I was up there and I was just looking at you, Joe. And I just, and I'm just going to step out in faith right now, right here. But I believe that there was such a yearning in your heart for an encounter with the Lord. And you came into this place because you were asking God to speak to you. And he has. And he has. And he has. And you know what he's saying? I have formed you from before the foundation of the world. I have called you out from your mother's womb. I have put words in your mouth. I have put words in your heart. Don't imprison them. Let it out and let it go because you have a voice. You have a voice that needs to be released. And do not fear. And whatever the world has ever said about you, they are all lies. Believe what I say about you. And I say you are beautiful. And I say you are strong. And I say that you are equipped. And I say that you are going to go forth and you're going to walk out the assignment that he has for you. So, Joe, go out of this place free. Go out of this place free in Christ, free to be who he called you to be and forget the lies of the enemy. That's all they are. Those are lies. But the truth is this. You are loved beyond measure. And God is with you. 
and he's for you, and heaven is backing you up. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had such an amazing time, Jay. It's been awesome. Chains have been broken off, but chains have been broken off me too. And I just want to thank you, and I want to thank you, Catherine, for saying, let's bring Mylene. I'm so glad I came. And so women, you wild, strong, and free bunch, gallop through the earth in mighty power, soar through the sky like mighty eagles, and let's start swimming rivers that we cannot cross. Amen? God bless you all. words when it comes to God. Just say yes. So much has been said this weekend, I have no more words. But I want to thank you for coming. We didn't know what to expect. We just wanted to open the way for God to do something. And, um, and hopefully you've received something. I definitely have. Thank you so much, Mylene, for saying yes. Thank you so much, Catherine, for saying yes. Thank you for everyone who's joined us, whether you're from New Zealand or Perth or wherever you've come in from. So grateful you're here. And um, I look forward to your testimonies. I want to hear the stories that come forth from this event because there's going to be some stories. Well, we're going to have church again tomorrow morning and the beautiful Mylene is speaking here. Woohoo! Well, let the men and the children come. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're just... Father, thank you so much. You open our eyes continuously to your goodness. And um, I'm so grateful that in so many ways I've not been broken. People tried to change me, but, yeah, you kept me standing firm in who you created me to be. And Father, I pray that the same is true and that is the same testimony that comes out of all of our mouths. I'm not broken. <laughs> I'm not tame. Yeah. <laughs> and that I am free to fly. Yes. God, you're awesome. And we're so grateful for you. And um, I really have no words. Thank you so much, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.